since the 1st of April 2021, we've just been practicing chanting and uh, recollecting the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha. And we also chanted the Mangala Sutta, which is the discourse that the Buddha gave on the highest blessings in life. So the Buddha explained each of these um, these uh, blessings that we can find within our lives. And all people want blessings in their life. And so uh, Deva asked this question of which or what things give us blessings and asked many beings in the heaven realms, even went up to uh, the Brahma realms, but no one really knew, no one was able to give an answer. So he, this Deva came to ask the Buddha, and he gave a teaching about this, about these 38 blessings. We can look at just one of these, which is seeing Nibbāna clearly. This is one of the highest blessings of life. So Nibbāna is the state of coolness. We see that there's heat that we can experience, and there's also a coolness that we can experience. There's brightness and there's darkness. And uh, so we can see that the darkness can be compared to delusion. There's heat can be compared to ignorance. There's greed, hatred, and delusion, and these are the roots of all unskillful qualities, of all evil. And when these defilements are there, then these will coerce us or push us into creating karma. And then karma brings its results. And these results then give rise to further kilesa, And this is a cycle um, that occurs. We have this delusion, this attachment due to the defilements. Then these defilements cause us to make karma, and then there's the result of that karma. And so the results that we gain, then they push us into creating even more karma. And so now uh, for us, um, we are creating karma, but this is good karma, that we experience the goodness of the actions that we do, just like our generosity, our virtue that we keep. And also the highest form of merit is that of cultivation. Cultivating these minds, bringing them to peace, this is a very profound form of merit. And we see that some people, even though they're very generous, um, their hearts and their lives can still be quite chaotic. And some people keep good morality. They're composed and restrained in their actions of body and speech, but their hearts lack peace. And when they receive any sense impressions, um, then they just go and think about what they're experiencing. There's all this proliferation. Sometimes it's, um, the heart becomes very sorrowful, sometimes very sad or depressed. They get attracted to things, averse towards things. There's all this hate and love and fear there in their hearts, but there's never any peace. And so for people like this, it's difficult for them to make their hearts peaceful. And so they do these acts of generosity, they keep virtue, and this gives them coolness to one level. But in order to experience the coolness of heart, need to come to meditate. 
in this bhavana meditation, uh, we can also define that as inner cultivation, developing our hearts, making them better, higher. And all people want growth. Everyone wants to develop. Just uh, from when we were born and we grow up, we wish to develop as we go through our studies, as we go and get a job, then we want to develop through these things. And we do them for the sake of development. But we should see that even though we may really develop external things, um, there is still a lack of peace in our lives. You see now that the world is extremely developed, but why is it that people still have suffering in their hearts? And even though we have so much technology, we still haven't developed any tools that can make our hearts peaceful and cool. The Buddha passed away into Phanam Nibbana 2,564 years ago, and still people haven't been able to think of something uh, that can bring the heart to peace. We've created so many weapons to the degree that we're able to destroy the entire planet um, through them. Um, but still, we haven't been able to invent any weapons that are able to destroy the, to destroy the defilements in our hearts. And uh, we just can't um, think or come up with anything. But for those who really are devoted to this, to extracting the defilements out of their hearts, then they don't need a lot of things. All they need to do is to follow these teachings that the Buddha gave and to bring their hearts to peace. And so the Buddha taught uh, us already, and we just need to practice in line with his teachings in order to experience this inner peace. And those people who have a lot of merit, who have a lot of barami, they are the ones who are able, who have the good fortune to meet with this path of uh, sila, samadhi, and panya, of virtue, collectedness, and of wisdom, this maga. This path that when we train ourselves uh, in it, it brings us great goodness. It's like this training in samadhi, bringing the mind to a firm, settled place. This brings great benefits to our lives. And uh, when we come to train our minds, um, then we'll train into samadhi, there are different methods of doing this, and one is to recollect the Buddha. We can recite this chant of Itipiso, do that many times, or even the recollection of the Dhamma, the recollection of the Sangha as well. You recollect the good quality of the Buddha, the Dhamma, the Sangha, as the, the focal point of our hearts in order to bring the mind to peace. And then when it gains peace, then we can just recite Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha, as it gets even more peaceful than just this one word of Buddha. So for people who have faith, um, they train their minds to reach peace in this way. When we recollect the Dhamma, however, we often don't recite Dhamma, but rather what we do is we contemplate into the Dhamma. We look at arising and ceasing, and this here is the Dhamma. This is seeing into the Dhamma. So we recollect and investigate, seeing things as being unstable, as being stressful, as being not-self. And we should contemplate in this way, 
to bring the mind to peace, to make it empty and free from all of the impressions it experiences. And this is using wisdom to cultivate samadhi, to bring the mind to a firm and settled uh, state. So there are two methods to practice. One is that which doesn't require much thinking. We just stay with peace, using uh, meditation words to bring the mind to stillness. And the other method is using wisdom to contemplate, seeing all things as being empty, seeing the world as just being a heap of inconstancy, a heap of stress, a heap of not-self. So this is using wisdom to bring about inner peace. But both of these methods, they require our efforts, they require our sincerity to develop them. And this is something that's really important. And it depends just upon how much effort we have, how much we're willing to put into it. Because if we don't have that effort to make adjustments to our lifestyle, to how we live, we do everything just like we always had done, following our moods and emotions, and chasing after and being pulled along by our defilements, by craving, by clinging. Then we always have the suffering there in our hearts. It has no chance to disappear. But if we do change, if we're able to adjust the way we live our lives, um, to improve our life, to practice, to train our bodies, to train our minds, even though in the beginning it may be quite difficult um, because we have to go against these habits, these habits to follow our emotions, and allow them to spill out through our actions of body and speech, to always be proliferating. Even though it's something quite difficult, it's something that we can do. And we're used to not really having much mindfulness, to not having much control over what we do. If there's um, good things that come up in our minds or in our lives, then we just proliferate about that. If there are bad things we experience, then the mind gives rise to a bad narrative. And there's always thinking, and it goes on without end. And if our lives and if our minds are like this, there's just no chance for peace or coolness to arise within our hearts. But if we have mindfulness, if we have wisdom, then we'll be able to reflect in a way that solves the problems of our minds. So whatever we're thinking about, whatever the mind's proliferating over, then we follow up on that. We know what's happening. We follow after our thoughts. Whatever proliferation is going on, whatever experiences uh, we are experiencing, then we know that. We're able to separate these things out, seeing the mind as being a mind, its objects as just its objects, that these things are different. We're able to separate them out. And so if the mind is in a state of samadhi, then it can do this. It can separate the mind from its objects. Um, but if it's not in that settled state, then we just won't be able to see things like this. We'll take everything personally as being me and being mine. And this is a mind that is deluded, deluded in its objects. Um, but if there's a knowing in the mind that's up to speed with all of these objects, up to speed with all of its emotions, with all of its thoughts, with everything that uh, comes in through 
the eyes, the ears, the nose, the tongue, the body, um, then we'll be able to put these down. We know these things as they're arising, and then we just put them down. And this is experiencing these objects through wisdom. But if we don't have that wisdom there, then we'll get caught up with them. And getting caught up is really the cycle of birth and death, is sangsara. But if we see arising and ceasing, then we'll find freedom. Freedom from birth, freedom from death. We'll experience emptiness, we'll experience this inner coolness of nibbana. And so nibbana is something which we experience within our own hearts, that the heart, it's not attached, it's not involved with anything. And the mind is very cool, it's put down, it's able to put down all of its attachments, all the attachments that it once had towards any sense experience. And even though this happens temporarily, we still see it with clarity, that the mind is able to put these things down, it's able to not attach, and it has such profound happiness. And this is a happiness which doesn't depend upon any external thing. It's a happiness which comes from brightness and purity of heart. So if we see clearly like this, then we'll gain more and more energy, more and more effort to practice, more and more energy to put into our mindfulness, into our wisdom, and these qualities will increase. We won't be lazy, we won't become disheartened. That The practice just happens by itself. The mind will tell itself to sit in meditation, to do walking meditation, to cultivate its, itself. So if we're going to understand this quite clearly, we can look into how we cultivate merit. And all of us, we like this, we like merit. And um, it's something that we don't have to force ourselves to do, like offering food to monks on arms round, listening to Dharma talks. We don't have to tell ourselves or coerce ourselves into doing these things. Whatever it is that we have the faith to do, then we're able to do that easily. We can do it a lot. We can sacrifice just like we all do because we have the effort to do these things. We have this uh, devotion towards building merit. And we know that once we do it, then we feel the results in our hearts of inner ease, of inner peace. And this is the merit arising for us, that which we gain from sacrifice. Well, like taking on the precepts, um, that we, when we have the sincerity to do that, then we're able to do it. Taking the eight precepts maybe four times a month, or maybe once a month, we can do this. We don't have to control ourselves. Well, some people, they're able to take the eight precepts every single day, and it's not difficult for them. And they do these practices with a sense of inner ease, with comfort. And so this is talking about generosity, about virtue. With meditation, however, in the beginning, it can be a little bit difficult. We need to really you know, intentionally put in our efforts towards it. Like chanting this Itipiso, the recollection of the Buddha, maybe initially we can just do this um, 108 times for one round a day. Then as we <clears throat> carry on with it, maybe we increase it two rounds, three rounds, five rounds, ten rounds, and we're able to get there if we practice with 
uh, sincerity and if we do it continuously. So by creating this skillful karma continuously through the recollection of the Buddha, then we experience the results of inner ease. We carry on doing this, we do it more and more. And then the heart becomes more and more peaceful, more and more comfortable. We don't have to control ourselves, but it just happens on its own accord. There's this joy that comes up. There's a lightness of both body and mind. And then from that, we can contemplate into the nature of the body, seeing it as being empty. And then there's even more inner peace and comfort that arises. So this path of generosity, of virtue, of meditation, is something that we can do. We can practice like this. Bringing the mind to peace, where it's able to separate out from its objects, seeing into emptiness with clarity reaching this original state of purity, of brightness, of the heart, and uh, using wisdom to see into all things, and see their nature of not-self, and putting them all down. And here wisdom arises. So at this point, um, then this path of sila, samadhi, and panya comes together. The marga uh, comes together into one thing. And we see the Dhamma within our own hearts, we see the Buddha there within the Dhamma. So if we were born during the time of the Buddha, perhaps we would have had the opportunity to be very close to him. And, uh, but this was, would just be being close to his physical body. And even that would be a great amount of merit. But if we see the Dhamma as well, then the mind rises up above the world. It goes beyond all of its impressions, all of its objects. So may all of you train your minds like this to not retreat, to have the sincerity. If you're lazy, then practice. If you're feeling energetic, then practice. Do it every single day. And uh, go through these um, meditation words, these mantras, uh, many, many times. Initially, we may be intent to do this for one month, and we go on to two months, to six months. And as we carry on doing this, the amount of merit that we are creating grows and grows. And through this, we're able to understand, gain clear knowledge. So we're all very fortunate. We have this great opportunity now. We have the merit to meet with this path, to have a body that is healthy and complete. So we should use that well to put in our efforts. And this is especially important for the monks to really put in the effort to practice, to not be heedless. And so may all of you have effort and uh, carry on in this practice. May all of you see clearly. There's no need to doubt about this path because this path is uh, the way that will take us to seeing the Dhamma for sure. So may all of you set your hearts on this. <laughs>